0: Kneel Before Blog presents Kneel Before Pod In
1: 2016 a pair of nerds named Craig McKenzie and Chris McCrell got together to discuss TV shows but it needed to be chopped into two parts This is what happened in part 2 where they almost certainly won't be remembered as legends And beware of spoilers.
0: There are no strings on me. I didn't know quite what to expect with Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in some ways with it. Um, it. It did seem a bit too similar in ways to an episode of Doctor Who. Hmm. As soon as you bring in a a Time Master and a, a time ship that can camouflage itself and hide, and all this sort of stuff. You start going, oh, it's Doctor Who, isn't it? By a slightly different, a slightly different token. Yeah, uh, it's it's Doctor Who with superheroes. Yeah, and not super. Well, not actually superheroes, but the pals of superheroes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we've got uh, Robin, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's all that. Yeah, it, I. I I did enjoy episodes of it, but I do think I was slightly disappointed towards the end of it, the way it panned out. I think overall it was a bit of a disappointment, especially early on,
1: because uh, the show just didn't seem to realise where its bread was buttered. You know, it's a show about time-travelling superheroes. You have to work really hard to make that not
0: fun. And somehow they managed it. I think it was... There was a lot of character drama that sort of overshadowed a lot of it and it broke almost instantly kept breaking its own rules that they set <laughs> up to sort yeah. of keep it on track it's like well you can't revisit your somewhere you've already been you can't revisit yourself you can't interrupt and all these things are in almost instantly broken within a few episodes they're sort of visiting their former selves so they're kidnapping their former selves <laughs> They're you know they're changing they're revisiting places that they've already been several times, mm. you know, and then you're like, well, well hang on, are, are there any rules in all of this? Oh, it turns out there's not. Yeah. You know, they, and so you're like, well, in that case, the solution is very, very simple. You go back and you try and kill him again. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, now that you've revisited yourself several times, there's no harm done, you know, yeah. off, off you go. You know, you've, you've unwritten the reason why you need to go on this quest.
1: Yeah, and the impression I get is that the writers didn't really care about establishing rules, so why should we uh, you know, th- that's how it makes me feel if, if um, it seems like they don't care. If they
0: don't care, why should I bother? It, it did. I, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the the characters, did the, the actors did a good job in it. I did mm. like some of the characters. I liked the way that you get to see these characters that you wouldn't have got probably as much time with, or you definitely wouldn't have got as much time with in their original shows. Yeah. And you get to see them a bit more. But I think they became too predictable, hmm. It points you're like, oh well this is the point where they're going to double cross, yeah, or this is the point where they're going to disobey an order and go off and do this instead and you, you start to be able to predict the show which sort of takes your enjoyment out of it a bit because hmm. you're like, well I know what's going to happen over the next they've got 20 minutes left to resolve this and I know pretty much what the res- resolution of this is going to be Yeah, and, and, that's, and that I think- spoils it
1: yeah, I think the strength, major strength they had was, um, was Snart and Mick. They were the best characters because they were, they were the blankest slates. Um, everyone else had kind of had, apart from Jax, had had significant time on another show, whereas they kind of showed up whenever villains were needed. And Snart had a bit of depth, but not, nowhere near as much as he gained while being on that show. And it was interesting to see them, um, the worldview change and
0: then become part of this little team. I, I did enjoy seeing it. The the cold puns made this for me <laughs> a lot of the time. I was just watching it to go, oh, there's the cold pun. I was waiting for all these. Yeah. You know, it was. Uh, <laughs> I I do I do wonder if if he had known that he was going to be playing that character for an extended amount of time, <laughs> if he would have made him so much of a sort of 40s 50s mobster style character. <laughs> Um originally, if he knew he was gonna be spending as much time doing that. But um yeah, they were they were kind of the best developed in the end because they had the blank slate, they didn't yeah. have any of this exposition before, so they could they could sort of do whatever they wanted with them. Yeah. Um Though the Mick Mick's transformation to villain mm. and redemption, a rapid redemption <laughs> again at the other side, you know, just You know, it was a bit disappointing as well. It was something that they could have worked on for just that little bit longer. Yeah. Before sort of switching it about and going, oh, well, it's all resolved now. We've we've, sorted that. You know, it's, um, you know, you can forget about it now.
1: And Kendra being stuck in a love triangle. I mean, that's just, you know, I hate love triangles. I think they're lazy storytelling and they never play out in a way that's in any way satisfying. And that was a huge example of that because you knew as soon as she started going out with Ray, oh, look carter's going to return at some point and she's going to fall for him again and you know it was like you were saying predictable
0: it it, it was one of those ones where you're like oh yeah okay so I'll, I'll, the, none of this is going to work out we know that yeah and then it's all gonna it's all gonna fall to pieces at some point and that's going to cause them to do things that they shouldn't and then that's going to help the villain rather than yeah. <laughs> you know it that that was a piece of, and that the villain which was the main, you know, it was the character that they were out to get from the very start. He appears across the whole thing, you know, just as much as them, because he's the sort of time-travelling villain at the same time. Didn't pay off for me either. I just didn't yeah, enjoy rubbish yeah. as a villain. And because he's going to be there in pretty much every episode, it wasn't, you know, I, I just didn't enjoy it. it. It it. It didn't pay off. It was too... I'm I'm trying to find the right words, but um, yeah, just just a bit disappointing. That's mm. that's all I had for it.
1: Yeah, I think towards the end it got a bit better when you had uh, Ray growing to giant size to fight a giant robot. That was that's kind of what I wanted when the show started.
0: Yeah, I mean you you get you get to see a bit more of characters like Ray. Yeah, who who I do enjoy. I, I think he does a good a good job as that character, but you know, got landed with the love triangle thing to do yeah. <laughs> instead of the, the sort of fun I think um the you know the sort of wild west episode and things oh, like that, you know, when yeah, when they decide <laughs> when when they decided oh we're gonna have a bit of fun with this and do that then sometimes it sort of worked a little bit and other times you're going, What the hell are they doing here? you know, what what have they done? And, you know, the big the big robot fight I thought was a great idea. You know, that yeah. that's something you're going, well we know he can shrink and you know sort of similar to what we were talking about last week with uh, (laughs) Ant-Man. You know, you get a bit of a... You know, you go, oh, that's brilliant, you know. Yeah. It's a a fun thing that we've been waiting to see, and then, you know, finally it pays off.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that season two will start to live up to its potential a bit more, because they're bringing in other characters, the the Justice Society, who I think are going to be based in the 40s or something like that, from what I've read. Uh, That'll be... Hopefully, quite interesting because you've got a kind of diverse group of characters there that you can play with, and uh, I think they just need to expand the DC universe through the show a little bit.
0: Yeah, hopefully it will um, develop a little bit in the next series, and they'll sort of take things on board that they might have that they might have sort of looked back at and possibly regretted. Yeah, um, you can you can only hope because it does have a lot of potential in there. You know they've got all the elements they could use. You know a show that does feature time travel in that way is a lot more fun. They can go anywhere and any time that they want to. They can they can really play about with it. Yeah. So hopefully now that they've sort of got rid of some of the some of the rules that they put in and then quickly wrote themselves out of again, hmm. they can they can have a bit of fun with it. Let's hope
1: yeah and there wasn't that much really noteworthy about it. I mean, it was just okay. I kind of watched it week to week, and there was always bits that I could pick out of the episode that I liked and bits that I didn't. but on the whole, I think i was I was underwhelmed, especially since I did watch the first announcement trailer that was filmed just as a trailer, you know where uh, none of almost none of the footage appears on any of the actual episodes, and that that just made it look like it was gonna be this this time travelling romp with all these heroes, and then the the end result was this. Convoluted love triangle led nonsense.
0: It did seem like by the end of it you're like, well they could have got to this solution a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they they you know, this, this could have been worked out a lot sooner if if they had just broken a few of the rules <laughs> earlier yeah. that they didn't want to, or you know, I, I I don't know. It's it it did seem like they were following a rule book that no one else was following somehow. Mm. And then when they broke it it actually worked out. Yeah. And then
1: Obviously Flash deals with time travel as well and they, um, they introduced the, the weird time wraith things that are never brought up in Legends of Tomorrow despite the fact that that's all they're doing is messing with the timeline. <laughs> 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 I did like the idea that they were picked because they're the losers though. You know, They were picked because them going missing would have no effect on recorded history.
0: Well, it made, it made a good reason. You know, yeah. that, why, why would you not just take Arrow, Flash, you know, whoever out the timeline and, and use them? Yeah, that
1: was the problem I had with Suicide Squad. It was, why is nobody asking Batman instead of these dangerous criminals? And in this show, they gave a reason for it. It's because the Flash is important to the timeline. The Atom is not.
0: You know, as, as soon as we remove them, there's consequences. Yeah. Whereas if we remove you, nothing, you know, it's yeah. fine.
1: So it was a clever way of doing that. And uh, it, it gave the, the whole team an arc as well. They, they had to fight to be useful,
0: essentially. Yeah, it gave them a motivation to sort of prove them wrong. Yeah. We
1: are important.
0: We are going to make a difference, yeah.
1: And then all they did was help the villain for 15 episodes before solving <laughs> it in the 16th.
0: So, you know, good good work, team. Give them give assistance. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, time travel's always messy. And if, they, if they'd if built rules and stuck to them, I wouldn't have had a problem. But it's the fact that, as you said, it contradicted itself week on week. It, just, it made me feel less interested in what was going on, and I couldn't figure out... If, there were in any danger or not. That was another big problem.
0: Yeah, it was it was one of those. And then also you know, different sort of utilities coming into play when it's sort of narratively convenient. It's mm. oh well this is the way we solve it and it's nice and quick like that. And you go, Well actually that that wasn't a thing earlier on that you've just pulled this out of the air. Yeah. You know, to at the very last minute to solve everything, you know. Mm.
1: But it was fine. It's potential. It's getting a second season. Second season's a good chance to fix it all. So let's hope. So, is there anything else on Legends, or should we move on?
0: Um, the only other thing I would like to say is I did. I, I thought Arthur Darvill did all right in the yeah in the role. I think though, though for him, it must be a bit of a cursed thing to be playing. Not quite Doctor Who.
1: <laughs> he's playing the Doctor, but he's not playing the Doctor. Yeah,
0: he's yeah. playing the Doctor, but not the Doctor. After being on a sh- on a show like that, but I do I do think that he did he did it in his own way, and you know I, I I thought he did all right. The character, you know, the reason for the character doing what he's doing, I thought was well worked out. But um, he has plenty He like, caused, caused it himself yeah. in the end, but yeah. you
1: know. <laughs> yeah, he had plenty of charisma. That was that was the important thing. That's that's about it for me on that one. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say about it. It didn't make that much of an impression on me. So, on to Supergirl, then. Uh, the one that we touched on earlier, where it's the one that sits in its own little universe that doesn't impact the other ones too much. It does slightly, but not too
0: much. And uh, what were your thoughts on the as a season? I wasn't sure what to expect at first, but I I did enjoy it. Um. It was different, which mm. is which is always a good thing, you know. Uh, it wasn't too similar to the other shows, you know. You've obviously you've got a, a female protagonist in this one, uh, which sort of helps give it a little bit of a different dynamic. You've still got the same character sets that you've got in some of the other shows. You've still got the sort of techie specialist yeah. that can sort of dig you out in certain ways, and you know you've got you've still got that slight thing. But I, I did enjoy it. You know, I I do like the fact that they've sort of put it in a separate universe to sort of solve some of the problems that they would have mm. otherwise. And um yeah, I did I did I did think that it developed pretty well in sort of explaining why, you know, Kara hasn't been Supergirl this far. You know, she arrived late, you know, she arrived after Superman rather than before mm. or with and you know, so she's decided to keep quiet and keep out of the way up until this point. Yeah,
1: yeah. She doesn't feel like she needs to use her powers because Superman is is covering it all. So from her point of view, she feels kind of absolved of, of that responsibility, which is an interesting way to take it. And then she decides that she can be doing more because she feels a bit... She's a directionless 20-something. And well, aren't
0: we all? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, 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 do, I do think it was good. And I, I, I liked I liked the dynamic between the different sort of characters on our team. I, I did enjoy it, though it has got that thing that you hate the love triangle in it, it again. <laughs> I actually
1: didn't mind the love triangle so much in this one because this was a, instead of it being a story about Kara having to choose between these two hunky men that are in her life, it was actually a story about a guy who had feelings for his friend that weren't reciprocated yeah and that was it and then once he once he took the step in revealing his feelings, he was shot down in a way that where Kara still wanted to be his friend, and he had to just get over it go get over it or not be her friend anymore and That was an interesting way of doing it. I think I don't think there was ever any danger of Kara being interested in when that was never going to happen, but the fact that he showed interest in her was rejected and then maturely dealt with it, it was new to me. Especially since I've seen an awful lot of CW shows where people just act immature after they're rejected. You know, turn
0: full blown evil at the end. <laughs> yeah, well, that, maybe that's where it could have headed. But you know, I, 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 did, I did like that. I do like think that. it was a bit different. Yeah, I, 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 I do enjoy bits of it. I do think some of it was a lot cheesier, isn't probably the right word to use. But it was that sort of lighter way of looking at things. Definitely for the sort of first half of the series. Yeah. Where the stakes aren't quite there. So it was a sort of lighter universe to be in, a, a, a more fun universe. Mm-hmm. Well, it was um, It was
1: kind of very glossy and and it looked good. It was well lit. Everyone was so pretty. You know, it was... Yeah, it was one of those. Oh, this is a nice place to be. It's quite a happy place. And then eventually once they started getting deeper into the, the side stories, it got a bit more interesting. But I think wherever they failed in storytelling, they made up for in, in characterization. I always thought Kara was done very well. And I think Melissa Benost, Bin, however you pronounce her name, is an absolute mm. revelation in that role. I think she's just she completely inhabits it and, and makes it her own. I think she's brilliant.
0: I do, I do think that she's done a, a pretty good job with it. I think the fact that it's getting a second series is is pretty good. You know, it, it shows it's getting a, i think it's getting a longer run as well, isn't it? I can't remember.
1: Uh, Off the top of my head, I,
0: I, I might be making that up though. <laughs> <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> <laughs> do more research. I think. I think that's what I should be doing next time. Uh, notes on my own podcast it's getting um, a second season though it was it is is getting a second season and you know we're now going to get to see superman in it as well i i like the way that they just didn't have superman around you know that he's in this universe you get little messages from clark and you know you see little hints but they give a very good reason for him not to be there yeah you know, she wants to do it on her own. Yeah. She wants to do it on her own, and I think that was that was a really great way of handling it, because yeah. otherwise you would spend a lot of the time going, why not just call uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, have you was... thought of calling your cousin? Yeah.
1: And then they dealt with that question early on, why don't we just call Superman? And then he did, or Jimmy did, and then Superman shows up and Kara's like, why did you call him? And then, because uh, if I didn't, you would have died. But, you know, never mind that.
0: Yeah, but it, it does... it. I think it helped a little bit, it'll be good seeing, hopefully they don't use him too much in the next series, now that he is going to be there. They have to be equals that's an important thing
1: Yeah, uh, he can't show up and solve all her problems uh, he has to bring something, she has to bring something, and you know they they should work to the resolution together rather than one of them being the, the linchpin of that resolution because if you're just bringing Superman in to show how much his cousin's better than him then that's pointless, but if you're bringing him in to show that he's better than his cousin, then again that's also pointless
0: no it's it it has got to be a sort of thing of equals, hopefully, yeah, and you know, considering it's still you know the the title above the door is still supergirl, so hopefully yeah. they they keep her at the center of the of the story, and it doesn't shift too much
1: the well, they, dynamic
0: you know sort of a superman show by a different name,
1: yeah, well, they built the those differences in quite early on, actually, I quite like the whole um the, the explanation of how their ways of thinking are different. You know, Kara remembers Krypton because she lived there for a number of years before she was sent to Earth. Uh, so she remembers uh, Kryptonian culture and, and how they see things. And um, where Superman works alone because he's he's been brought up that way, that's what he knows, Kara remembers that Kryptonians don't see any shame in asking for help. That's why she asks for help from her friends. You know, she wants it to be a team effort rather than just being her. Whereas Superman is, he feels like he should do it on his own, and I think that's an important difference between the two of them, and the fact that he, she is a little bit more alien than he is in some ways, or at least seems to be.
0: No, I, I agree with that. I, I do think that you know that works. Yeah, you know the, the explanation and everything all runs. Um, the the sort of core team around her, I I really liked. Uh, I thought Wynn was quite a fun character. To have around the way they did. I hated James him also. at
1: first, actually. I hated Win at first
0: for some reason. He, yeah, he was a bit. You know, it was it was a kind of obvious character at first, but once the the sort of layers get added on, it's he, yeah. it was pretty good. Especially with it, his father
1: being the original Toy Man and things like that.
0: Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that actually. I did I did like that. I thought that was quite good fun. You know, and and they sort of hint at it for quite a while. Yeah, it wasn't one of those things that just suddenly sort of switch on. And go, oh yeah, we're going to write that in. Okay. Well, when know. his name was Win Shot or
1: Winslow Shot you know, and, and when that was revealed and then it was clear he had a crush on Kara, I was like, oh no, he's going to get rejected and then that's what turns about into Toy Man. That's what's happening here. I know. <laughs> but it's not, you know, and thankfully not. Because they've got the original Toy Man, it's his dad, so that works. Although the problem I had with Wynn is uh, there was an episode where he helps out at the DEO, which I'm sure we'll get to, and um, he's be- probably better than anyone they've got on staff. Why is he working in IT for some
0: newspaper company or a media company? You know? Yeah, why why have you not hired him already?
1: <coughs> yeah. Why doesn't he work there?
0: <laughs> yeah, it it does there are some points of that where you're, you're sort of going, Why why is that person there? And why is, you know you know, when you look at Alex. Yeah. Um you know, Alex's character at first, in the first sort of couple of episodes, it's like, oh, well, I'm just a sort of specialist. I, I help out and, you know, I'm in the background here. And then you find out she's pretty much the deputy director. Mm. <laughs> you know, it, so I don't know whether that was their the, the sort of idea all along or if at some point they went, oh, actually, she'll be the deputy. She'll, you know, she's, she's the second person running everything. Alex you know, was
1: a character that always kind of bothered me. Yeah, she kind of she seems to exude this. I'm a tough girl thing, which really grinds my gears.
0: Um, well, it was it was a tough girl image that they get rid of whenever it was convenient. Yeah. I, I do like she'd be, to... whim, she'd be whimpering in a corner when they needed it. They and you're like, Well, she wouldn't be in that position if she is this sort of trained specialist type yeah. who's been going out in the field and presumably been doing this for quite a while now. Yeah. Before she's got to that position. I do so, like
1: the um, I do like the scenes where they're sitting watching Netflix or whatever it is. You know the and just being sisters; those are good scenes because
0: there's a bit of humanity to her in those points. Yeah, and then before, in those other scenes, she can be a bit two dimensional. She can, yeah. in, in in just the way they sort of, you know, they will have her being the tough girl one second, and then it will completely flip. Yeah. To the point where she's not able to do anything. She, you know, she'll get herself out of handcuffs. She'll get out of a chair. She'll take down six or seven bad guys, and then suddenly she's in a corner somewhere. You go, well, why is she not fighting anymore? <laughs> you know, what happened? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh well, at this point we need her not to be doing that so that she can be rescued. You know, you know, yeah, she's she's now got to be the damsel in distress where <laughs> she wasn't before. Yeah, you know, I think they sort of stopped that towards the end of the series. It's sort of
1: solved a little bit. Well, towards the end, she does a lot of stupid things as well. It was when the uh, mind control stuff was happening and um, she insists that she be brought back to National City even though she's going to wreck uh, Jean's concentration <laughs> with every second she's there. And then, you know,
0: it, it ultimately ends up with with them both getting hurt. <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is one of those ones where you're going, well, you know, would either of those characters have taken that decision yeah. seriously? You know, I do think he would have just left her behind. Yeah. I don't think he would have taken her, but...
1: Yeah, and I, I really liked uh, Jean Jones as well, or Hank Henshaw as he was at the start of the season. Um, I mean, at first he seemed like a two-dimensional tough guy, government agent guy, and then they teased that there was some kind of secret about him, and uh, the Hank Henshaw name is a bit of a misleading thing as well, because in the comics he becomes like the cyborg Superman, so he's like rebuilt of Superman's powers. Um, and then having that just be a uh, be a bit of a twist away from that when he's the the disguise for the Martian Manhunter was really clever.
0: I mean, especially at the beginning, they're sort of lining him up to be a villain. Yeah. You know, he's he's this is going to be the bad guy, the you know, the, the glowing eyes and all that, you're thinking, Oh, at some point he's gonna turn really, really bad, and it's you know yeah. this is this is going to be the series' villain uh, at some point, you know? And uh, it, it's not the case and it's a sort of pleasant surprise hmm. in a way. And I think, you know, when you finally get a bit of exposition behind his story of, you know, how how he ended up taking on the sort of Hank Henshaw persona yeah. i think i think it sort of adds a little bit and I, I think it was a character that was pretty well handled actually
1: yeah one of the best episodes was the white martian one where he takes exp- you know where he had to face this the embodiment of the thing that killed his family and uh and he struggled to deal with that and he wanted to die and because he was sick of like being strong and living uh, it was all really intense stuff and i think the actor was good enough and and I really liked the visual effects on him when he became the six-foot mar- green Martian figure. That was <laughs> really cool. Yeah, it was a it was a good character. And he'd been in Smallville before, uh, played by a different actor, and you never actually saw his true form. We well, did once, but for a second. Um, so it was good that they they brought this guy in and made him made him work so well and and tied him to Kara. Being she's not the last of her kind. In fact, she's far from the last of her kind. Uh, but the the idea that they're both alone in the universe, sort of thing, is is quite interesting.
0: Now, the, the one of the characters that I always found a bit weird in the series was the sort of Maxwell Lord character. Discount Lex Luthor. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're sort of spinning the whole thing. Going, this this is just not quite Lex Luthor. You know, this is the, uh, you know, the the character was sort of looking at going. Um, is this supposed to be Lex Luthor? And they thought, well, we'd better not put him in, <laughs> otherwise it'll seem too much like a Superman thing. Yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> it was. You know, at one point you're thinking, well, this is going to be a sort of weird sort of Tony Stark-style character, and then you think, well, they've already got the Atom and the other one, so they're probably not going to go along that <laughs> line. So <laughs> it's like, is this going to be the Lex Luthor one? You know, they were trying to make him suave, complex, and sinister, and achieve none of those. It, it did. It didn't just didn't seem to work. And then he's sort of, he's helping. He's not helping. He is helping. He's not. It's, uh, it, it, they sort of flip-flopped with him a couple of times, to which point you don't know quite what his motivation is for anything. And it's yeah. not mysterious. It's just annoying. It's, just, <laughs> it's oh, uh, We need him to do yeah.
1: this this week, so we'll make him do this this week.
0: Yeah, we we need him to be a good guy this week. We need him to be a villain this week. We need him to just happen to be around this week because yeah. we need to make it look like he's definitely <laughs> still here. Um. You know, it's I, I I don't know I don't know what they are, they were planning yeah. with them I don't know if they had a bigger story planned and then just didn't follow through with it I think they just needed
1: a billionaire supervillain or billionaire not supervillain but you know a billionaire villain to challenge Supergirl and
0: that was who they got and a billionaire distraction from yeah. the main villain
1: yeah and I think it wasn't because of him but the best episode of involving Maxwell Lord was Bizarro but it was just the um, it was more the idea of what he did rather than his reaction to it the way that he he took these these young injured girls and experimented on them without their consent and then sent them out you know with all this programming to make them full of a killer instinct and and the way that a uh, supergirl defeats her with compassion essentially was a nice um, it was a nice twist,
0: one. you know it it was and but it's one of those ones where we sort of going, well what's, what's his ultimate plan and he, he just doesn't like that you know superheroes are around, yeah and all this you know so so I'm going to create a bunch of superheroes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and it just i it didn't fully work for me, but yeah. but it's it is a character that we will probably end up seeing more of, probably. But hopefully they come up with something for him to do. That's you know that they've got more planned out. Also, Lex Luthor's
1: sister apparently. Yeah, uh, she So be we still
0: the... we still can't get Lex Luthor. Yeah. but we've got we've got his uh, cheaper copy. I'm gonna ca-
1: I'm gonna call it right now. His sister. She's gonna be like quite standoffish. Her and Kara aren't going to get along. She's gonna flirt with Jimmy Olsen. It's all gonna be very very tense and and love y. I'm calling no. it now. You heard it here yeah, first. And then
0: everyone's going to say that she's just jealous. That she's not really evil. She's just jealous.
1: Yeah, she's just uh, she's just jealous, and she's been corrupted by her family name or some nonsense like that. All right. But well, that's...
0: well, <laughs> you know, we should we should be putting money on these things, just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get or, a pool running. Yeah, or I should be writing the show. Who knows? <laughs> but I mean, no good, but... no good could come of it. It would just be me sitting here complaining instead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the um, in terms of the the villains, uh, I mean, you had Maxwell Lord, and he was responsible for things like Bizarro, which was a good episode. And um, the Kryptonian villains were only interesting when it was her aunt. Uh, once was, uh, once yeah. she was killed, and re- was replaced by Non, it was horrible. Non was pointless. He was
0: just a non-entity. It was with, the, with non. It was kind of like he's evil, but not ev- not evil enough. You know, you're you're still at the point where you you could kill her. You could kill her right now. You've got you've got enough people <laughs> that you could tear her to pieces. Um, wh- wh- why are you letting her get away? Oh, you've let her get away. Okay, she's going to defeat you later now. <laughs> Just so you know, you know. <laughs> and
1: it was the finale where it's like I've put all my soldiers in hypersleep. Why?
0: Yeah, I've I've not kept a few spare just in case and lied to you. No, yeah. no, no, they are all asleep. I yeah. I I think I can handle this definitely. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you could possibly defeat me. Oh no. Um. Yeah, it, it did seem a bit too convenient towards the end. It did. You know, it was the family. The family bond thing was interesting. You know, it does give them a reason to hold off. To think, well, can can we not just convert her to our cause instead? You know, so the first few times they meet, you think, well, they could still be trying to convert her, and then beyond that point, you're like, well, now, now you take her and you put her into a pod and put her to sleep. Yeah. You know that that you know if you don't want to kill her, if you don't want to, you know, just take her off the board.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the Kryptonians in the cells weren't all that interesting, uh, other than the fact that you had this family connection, and then once it was just about non, it was it was pretty hopeless. But. The whole prisons, uh, the whole prisoner escapee thing from this, you know, alien prison was was quite a good sort of little villain factory. I mean, all these shows have it. The Flash has uh, the particle accelerator has given all these people powers. Arrow's got this city that seems to breed these uh, unsavory elements, and Supergirl has this prison that has all these ready-made villains that are ready to just appear whenever they need to appear. Um, I think that will largely disappear next season. Maybe um, it seems like they've they've dealt with the whole prison element of it. Certainly, there'll, like,
0: be no, there'll be no one coordinating the prisoners anymore. Yeah, or <coughs> keeping them in hiding potentially. You know, no one keeping them hiding, so there might be a few more exposed. But yeah. you know, you don't you don't know what's going to pop up in the next one.
1: It's going to be Cadmus Labs that's the big bad the next season, I would think. That kept getting mentioned towards the end. And there's the hint that Dean Kane isn't dead anymore. So. So there will be some return of Dean Cain maybe with superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see a scene where Dean Cain shares uh, screen time with a new guy as Superman and Brandon Routh as Atom.
0: Oh that, that that would be a good little crossover <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> three generations
1: of Superman in one room. <laughs> and one of them has a photograph of uh, Henry Cavill or something like that, you know, just just complete the set.
0: Yeah, that would, that would definitely work out. I think. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have uh, Henry Cavill in a di- in a different movie in the background or something, yeah. Yeah. or a yeah. poster for one of these films. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. They should write it right now. It would be it would be a fun little thing to do. Yeah. I, I do like when they do these Easter egg things. Yeah,
1: but yeah, despite my misgivings about the kind of storytelling and the way the villain story built up, I thought they were really consistent with with Kara's traits. The fact that her empathy is her most important superpower in effect was was really good. Uh, I think the best example of that was that scene where she um, didn't have her powers, but she talked that that man out of robbing the store. And you know, she her hand was trembling, and there was every risk she could be killed, but she did it anyway. That kind of that, that's a bit of a test for her because she knows that she can be killed, and she just does it anyway. I, I quite like that scene.
0: No, I think I think there were some there were some really good episodes. There was some really good work. There were some things that were a little bit, you know, off. But hopefully, you know, I have I have more hope in this than a than I do for Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. So, but you know, it, it all depends on what they do next and where where they put these characters.
1: Yeah, and it's an important show as well because you've got so many TV series where there's you know a, a male in the lead, and uh, this is a show that teenage girls or little girls can watch and they can look up to this. This female, strong I say strong as in in the sense that she's well-rounded, not in the sense that she's strong, because she's just as vulnerable as a normal human being, really. Uh, But the fact that people can look up to her and and say, this is what I want to be. And, you know, it's a good thing for young women to have that, I think.
0: Well, it makes a welcome change. Yeah. I I think that's the thing. And hopefully it proves successful, because then it stops networks and TV executives shying away, where if it's a failure... Or the numbers go down, or the numbers aren't as successful, then they point to it as the case for everything. Yeah. Go, well, we won't do anything like that again because, you know, because this is what happened last time round.
1: Yeah, it it definitely has a lot of potential. I think season two will be, it it comes home to CW, which is where it should have been in the first place, I think.
0: Um, And, um, you know, like we mentioned earlier on, all these are getting some sort of big tie in later on. So I'm interested to see how that all works oh, yeah. some sometimes these things sort of you know like we said earlier on distract away from the story mm. so as long as they've all worked together and all had a really good discussion about how they're wanting to do <laughs> it, then it should work all right where if it's a token you know a very token gesture, then it'll be i'd, I'd, I'd question why they bother with it at all, except you know just to show off that they can,
1: yeah. And there's going to be a musical crossover next year, or this year, whenever.
0: Yeah, I didn't believe you when you told me that, and I still don't believe it now.
1: I know. It's, well, you've got two characters that were once in Glee, so why not? And they're now both playing superheroes.
0: Yeah, you've got that. I suppose John Barrowman does musicals, doesn't he? Oh, God. There's one of the crossovers for John Barrowman to be in. Oh. I do kind of want to see this, actually, but... Yeah, hey. I, I, I don't know if it would be better as some sort of uh, skit that they put in somewhere or some sort of hallucinogenic dream <laughs> uh, possibly
1: well there is a there is a DC <laughs> villain called the Music Meister who for some reason has the ability to make people
0: sing spontaneously <laughs> so they could do that they could do that Yeah. or, or, or someone just takes some very funny substance and, uh, <laughs> and comedy ensues Kryptonian weed
1: <laughs> yeah Something like that. I don't know. I think I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. As long as it's fun and it doesn't it doesn't completely destroy the the ability to take the show
0: seriously, then I'm on board. Yeah, nope. it's got, I think you know if, if they if they are doing this thing, which I still don't believe, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, you know as long as they somehow make it stand apart, so that you can take the characters and the plot seriously afterwards. It worked in Buffy.
1: That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, if it worked in Buffy, then it'll definitely work. (laughs) What can I say? (laughs)
1: Yeah. What were your thoughts on the Cat Grant
0: character? We haven't really talked about her at all. Um, At first, you know, I I thought, you know, it's another comedy light relief character, I thought, at first. But then she does turn into a bit of a an inspiration, strangely, Mm. where you, you wouldn't I don't think I would have expected her to become a inspiration for Kara Yeah, you know, part way through, and the character does change around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a bit of a love and hate thing with it, to be honest, because it did seem at some points like she was the uh, not the sort of Lewis Lane type character for want of a better. You know, she's, um, you know, she was the one that was in peril or kidnapped. Or taken hostage, or someone's got you know someone's you know going to argue with her or try and take her out, you know it it did seem that she was there to be put in peril a lot of the time, um, but I, I, I don't know I, I I'm kind of in two minds about it really. What what do you think?
1: I uh, I actually did quite like
0: her. She's a mentor figure, first and foremost. Her kind of
1: her lessons are quite harsh and they're quite um, you know, blunt, but the point does get across and I actually think they missed a trick because early on I thought she obviously knows that Kara is Supergirl because it's staring her right in the face and what she's doing is she's choosing to honour that secret and give her advice at the same time but then later on it's made clear that she doesn't know that Kara is Supergirl and Kara's able to convince her that she's not. So I think the relationship works better when, on the assumption that she knows but isn't letting on
0: yeah i think i think that's true actually i did i did think at the beginning, like you that oh she's she's figured this out and that's why she's given this advice at this time, which is yeah. very very convenient you know <laughs> unless you knew you wouldn't be particularly standing on the balcony uh <laughs> talking about this at this moment you know the the conveniently placed uh, uh, balcony to tell each other <laughs> truths uh, you know, every, everyone has their balcony moment the balcony confessional that, yeah yeah that's it the balcony <laughs> confessional where they go uh, i'm going to go out to the balcony i'm going to look pensive for a moment will you come over and tell me a heartwarming story please? <laughs> um, <laughs> and solve this problem for me and you know i, I did i did think at the beginning, oh she knows and this is this is why she's doing it that way and then you know then you see the episode where she's trying to figure it out yeah. and then she's convinced otherwise. And I do think they will flip-flop again to, oh, you just tricked me somehow.
1: Depends how often she appears in season two as well, because they don't have her full time, I've read. Uh, apparently she's in the first two and then there's no plans after that. Because everyone else is willing to move to Canada, but not uh, Mrs. Harrison Ford. <laughs> um, which is fair enough, I suppose. I mean, she's, they, they did well to get a hold of her for an entire season as it was. And I think they used her quite well uh, her role was quite important because a lot of the one of the major themes throughout the season for me was image as in it was about a uh, supergirl's media image how does the public see her uh and this kind of feminist i mean I, I know people some sometimes think of feminism as a swear word and and how things are portrayed but I think it was a very good version of feminism where it's all about. No, this is how women can be taken seriously in society. You know, the the facts are that they've been subjugated in some ways by men over the years. And this is how Cat Grant built her way towards respect. And this is what she could do that, that men couldn't. And she was aware that the things that men would get away with that she wouldn't. And it's that kind of the honesty about that. And the way that Supergirl is presented to the public through her building that image it's a kind of media relations thing and it's done quite well
0: i did i did think she was sort of fun in that way with the with the media relations a lot of the the sort of gags and the jokes and the the quick quips that she does made me think of a sort of jonah jameson style character Uh, it was very similar along those lines uh you know to quickly making up the headlines and you know quick firing people that she disagreed with in the office yeah it was she was a she was a fun character they sort of took down some of those walls later on, and this is where at first she seemed like a very sort of unapproachable character. you know she 's got time for Kara just about, and then she'll yeah. send her away you know very very quickly but whereas at the end you know it seems like they can drop on in, in at each other at any moment yeah but um no I've, I think it was a I think it was a good character um it It, it did provide a bit of light. It did provide a, a decent a mentor as a proper you know is is a better word than the sort of inspiration thing that I was saying earlier on. She was a good mentor. Yeah, and she had some uh, great lines coming. as well. Oh, uh, some some of the best, and most fun in the in the series is, is watching that character. It's a shame if if it's true they've only got her for a couple of episodes, yeah. and that's a shame. Yeah, it seems uh, um, It'll be interesting to see what they put in the place and how that rocks the dynamic.
1: Yeah, it's like when she's when she says things like. um I can't hear you over the sound of your cheap pants and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she was a good character, and I think um, I think they do well to get more of her. But if that's all we see, then who knows what what will replace it? I suppose.
0: Well, that could be where your your Luther character comes in. If they've, <laughs> yeah. if they've got she's got the money saved up and she wants a magazine, what she bought? <laughs> of course, she's bought this one. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a way to get the love triangle in when she's oh. the boss.
1: Yeah, good God. I <laughs> can see it now, it's going to be horrible
0: <laughs> You should put money on that now as well Okay, there we go
1: <laughs> And I suppose the, the last thing on Supergirl that we should talk about is the appearance of the Flash in one episode which I thought was definitely the highlight of the season in so many different
0: ways I thought it was excellent it, it was really good. I, 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 did, I knew the crossover was happening. I didn't know yeah. what episode it was going to be in. I hadn't watched The Flash yet at that point either. <laughs> so <laughs> I watched everything out of sequence, <laughs> uh, which is uh, maybe not the best way to do it, but it's the mm. way I did it nonetheless. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It kind of shows what you can do because you've got the rights and you can do these crossovers. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I really enjoyed seeing those two characters interacting. It
1: was a difficult one for them to do as well because they were on two different networks in two different cities. So what you had was a Grant Gustin flying back and forth, you know, just to film this episode. And so it was a lot of work went into it. And I do think it shows. I mean, I always thought from when Supergirl came on, I want to see these two characters interact because tonally the shows are quite similar. You know they're both more light-hearted and, and more fantastical, and and the way that they just instantly got along. You know you didn't have the token uh, misunderstanding superhero fight before they got along begrudgingly afterwards. They just as soon as they showed up, as soon as soon as Barry showed up, that was it. They were friends. You know immediately.
0: Yeah, there wasn't a you know a big long period with having Barry locked up in a cell somewhere, no one yeah. trusting him, and all that. You know the usual, uh, you know amount that goes through that. I, I thought it was good the way Barry then interacted with all the other characters that you've got, you know, sort of Win and... Uh, Win and, James and Olsen were and we best friends, yeah. Yeah, I it, I think it worked really, really well. And uh, Kat had her best line of the, the series in
1: that episode where um, she saw them all standing in a line. Barry, there was all the young cast and it was uh, a... <laughs> you're like the, uh, the racially div- diverse, non-threatening cast of a CW show. <laughs> um, and now that's essentially exactly what they are which is quite funny
0: <laughs> I, I did forget it just worked really well it was like you say some of her quips were the best yeah. you know I, f- I think i've got to get a list of her put downs for whenever <laughs> i uh whenever i need to deploy a witty put down you yeah. know just reach into my back pocket for my cat grant cards.
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah barry fit in in the show so well and um he got to be something he doesn't get to be on his own show. He got to be the experienced hero figure, uh, who was teaching her a, few, a thing or two. Because uh, on his own show, you know, you need something for Cisco to do, so he builds all the stuff. But in that episode, Barry was the guy that built the stuff.
0: Yeah, it, g- it gave him a different role. And like yeah. you say, it was the experienced hero, was the one that was able to go. Well, maybe we shouldn't rush him. What's the plan? You know. Yeah what are we going to do? We can't just, you know, run off, Yeah. Yeah. Although
1: when he throws lightning at someone who has electrical powers, he deserved to get punished for that. That (laughs) Yeah, that was a mistake. (laughs) But there was the, the, it was a great line when he said, uh, you know, when they both showed up for the final showdown and he said, why don't we settle this like women? And, and Kara looks at him as if to say, what? (laughs) And he says, what? There's more of you than me. (laughs) So that was, yeah, it was a good little crossover and I look forward to seeing more of, more of their crossovers because yeah, it will definitely happen uh, this season there's going to be a, a four show crossover which will be good fun if nothing else it will be good fun at least the scenes where they're all talking to each other will be will be interesting and I can't wait to see how Diggle reacts to seeing Supergirl it,
0: it, yeah it will be an interesting <laughs> sort of cross to the <laughs> you know bringing this character into the other side Yeah. Hmm. so yeah
1: Supergirl Good show, lots of potential. Didn't always live up to it. Would you say that's an adequate summary?
0: I, I think that summarises what I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, interested to see where it goes next. It could go either way mm-hmm. in the next one. So uh, good luck to them. Yeah. Roll on season two. It's, I think mm. that's
1: the one I'm most excited about coming back, actually. So yeah, we'll see. Pretty soon, we'll see. And I mean, we've we've talked a long time, but very, just very quickly on Agents of Shield, um, which is already back in the United States. It's on its second episode as of today. Probably uh,
0: coming back in about nine months' time to E4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how have I coming, seen it? Let's not coming soon it. in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be on season six, and I'll be like, season
1: four is finally on.
0: <laughs> I'll be back about the same time as Big Bang Theory, about <laughs> ten months after it comes out, so we can see the Christmas episode.
1: Ah, don't really need to watch Big Bang Theory, <laughs> not anymore. But that's another
0: story. Uh, Agents of Shield gradually getting better. I think that's the best description. I think it spent a lot of its time in the first sort of series, sort of tied. You know, once they'd done the introductions and introduced all the characters and got a reason for the team to be together, I think they then spent a lot of time waiting for the events of Winter Soldier. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a bit of a shame that they were bound by that. But that's no excuse for not telling good stories in the meantime.
0: No, it isn't. But, you know, it, it did pick up after that point. I yeah. do think the last series uh, was, was very good. It sort of gave the characters and they always, at the beginning of the series, they always do this jump of about sort of six months into the future to see what's happened. Yeah. And Hive uh, in Ward's body, he was a really good villain. I, I think Hive was a good villain. I, I do kind of have a bit of a problem now where if, if Ward somehow pops up in the next <laughs> series, I will be a bit like, have you only got the one guy? <laughs> uh, have you got the one good villain now and you can't get rid of him? Yeah. You know, I, the contract negotiations must have been really tight for <laughs> to be there for,
1: for all of them. Yeah. And this season has a couple of uh, interesting things already. I mean, I won't spoil too much because you haven't seen it, but. Um, Ghost Rider, which has been well documented, uh, is in it, which is a really good boost for the show. It's the modern Hispanic version of the character. I think he's Hispanic. He's uh, he's not white, anyway. Uh, Which is in keeping with what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. do. You know, they're very diverse in their casting. Always have been. So the fact that they're keeping that up, that's a good thing. Uh, They've got a ready-made version of a character to do that with. So, you know, who's next? Miles Morales, Spider-Man could I happen. I think you could
0: get an introduction to him <laughs> in the
1: film you never know. Yeah. Um and there's a new director for Shield which is hinted at in the um the finale of season 3. So there's that to play with. I like Shield. Um, does
0: does does the new series tie into the accords and things from Civil yeah, War? I see. Yeah.
1: High end, they're mentioned. Yeah, I've,
0: I've read. I've read a little, a little bit about it because uh, Empire did a sort of interview with some of the cast and things. that was really interesting about it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it.
1: Yeah, and I mean everything they're doing is kind of informed by the Accords, which is which makes sense because they're they're stuck and that's what they've got to work with now. Uh, and that's kind of what the new director is all about. um At least so far. So th- they've got that, and they're bringing in magic to prepare people for Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah, Coulson will be doing card tricks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean Ghost Rider's magic, or magic based, Yeah. and they've got ghosts and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's. Quite- I
0: think I think I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they go. They always change it up. They always put a couple of the the sort of team against each other that you wouldn't have particularly have seen before. You wouldn't have expected to see coming. Hmm. Um, so no, I'm I'm looking forward to. it. I really enjoy Clark Gregg. Yeah, I, is is that character? You know, you only sort of saw him for a couple of minutes in a few of the films and the sort of <laughs> teasers at the end and all that. And then for him to now become this full blown character, I think is brilliant. You mm-hmm. know, it's I just really like the way he does it. It's a really warm character, yeah. strangely, and, um, and it's no. Feeling- I,
1: I, It's feeling more and more like it's part of the universe it's set in, rather than being this thing that just mentions the universe it's set in, as it was in its early days. It's gotten better. I do like it, and uh, I look forward to seeing how it develops.
0: I do. I do wish they had sort of tied it in a little bit more to things like Captain America, and possibly in the future. But you know, it's probably a lot of it is contract negotiation and all that sort of stuff, which is a bit too high level for them to sort out, or it would be too much effort to try for. For only a few minutes of screen time in the end, yeah. Well, you know, which mean, would probably end up as an extended edit somewhere.
1: <laughs> I think the worst tie-in they ever did was when Coulson was keeping the helicarrier that they use in Age of Ultron in his basement, <laughs> and it was, oh, you look, you've saved the world, and and it was really clumsily used as a as a ploy to get the other branch of Shield to trust him, but. You know, you shouldn't be using the plot point from a film to resolve a plot point in a TV show. It's just ludicrous.
0: Yeah, it does rely sometimes, and I suppose that's the weakness in it, it does rely on people having watched the film. Yeah, but I don't, then, I don't know who
1: the audience are that are watching S.H.I.E.L.D., but not the films.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it will be a really limited uh, <laughs> limited audience that are doing yeah. that, but there will be someone out there that's going, what the hell is that I'm talking about? I suppose it's harsh that they spoiled Winter Soldier the week it came out.
1: You know, they spoiled the Hydra twist like the week after it came
0: out. Yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> I suppose that, that's that's the point where you've got to go and see the film instantly. I mean, yeah. I try and get along to see them as quickly as possible because I don't want the plot point spoiled for me because there'll yeah. always be someone online or memes that start appearing on Twitter <laughs> instantly as soon as it comes out that spoil everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do try. He says on the spoiler podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh, I, I I do enjoy watching it. I I, I still enjoy it. I think it has got better, mm-hmm. um, and I I will continue to watch it. I, I I'm I'm looking forward to. It.
1: Oh, I'm invested. Anything that Marvel do, I'll watch. Luke Cage is out this week at the time of recording. Looking forward to that.
0: See, I haven't finished Jessica Jones yet. <laughs> I've got to admit, I watched season one as Daredevil, and I watched it really really quickly. I binge yeah. watched the second one. I watched a little bit slower, but I still finished it. Jessica Jones, I have I'm almost finished. Yeah, I found
1: Jessica Jones more of a struggle. I I've
0: so. I've I've found it more of a more of a thing to watch, though um I'll probably need to finish that first before I jump onto Luke Cage, I think. Most likely,
1: yeah. Because the two <laughs> characters are are linked in yes. in different ways. So yeah. no spoilers anyone. Thank you. No. <laughs> At Luke Cage on Friday, so we'll try and get a podcast on that one, maybe if people can watch it in time. Hint, hint. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what the whole thing? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's only, it's only what thirteen, twelve hours, something like that. Depends on how long it Twelve hours. Well, why, well, you know,
0: why don't we do a live watch along?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to hear that. <laughs> Just me pausing to go to the toilet and order pizza and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. So, that's kind of all the shows that we both watch. Um, We could talk more about S.H.I.E.L.D., but maybe we could pick it up mid-season or something, chat about it in more detail. Uh, But
0: what other shows are you watching that are maybe not set in comic book universities? Um, well, I'm um, almost finished. I think I've got one episode left of uh, Stranger Things, which I've been watching on Netflix recently. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been enjoying that. It's sort of 80s themed uh, mm-hmm. uh, mystery show. It's a Netflix original. And they seem to be coming back with some really, really interesting stuff on Netflix. You know, it's a bit of a revolution. All these, yeah. uh, all these streaming platforms now coming up with their own shows. And uh, so I've been watching a bit of that. Um, almost finished it. Um, potentially going to move on. Some, someone has recommended a show where Kiefer Sutherland becomes president. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember the name of it off the top of my head, but someone's recommended it. So i Is might call 24
1: watching. the president. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jack Bauer becomes president. <laughs> if you named it that, it would be an instant sellout. Um, we're watching that. I finished uh season two of Wayward Pines, mm-hmm. which uh, if if you've not watched the first series yet, watch it. It is excellent television. Um what else have I been watching? Uh Mr. Robot over on Amazon.
1: Yeah, I like Mr. Robot.
0: I've been enjoying it as well. It is very strange. Mm. It is weird. It has got weirder and weirder and weirder as it goes on, to the point where I no longer know what is true. Um, <laughs> I like Christian Slater. I've always liked Christian Slater. He, he is fantastic as that character. I think he's really, really good. It is it, it, it sort of it twists your mind as you view it. It's very hard to keep a track of, but I I do enjoy it. I'm hoping for a massive payoff at the end of <laughs> it for some reason. You know where everything is nicely explained and tied up in a neat bow. I don't think I will ever get that. I think <laughs> it'll just it'll just keep me. It'll hook me in and just lead me along the whole way, and then it'll all have been a dream. It'll be crushed <laughs> under the weight of its own narrative. Yeah. Yeah. It's, at some point it will implode. <laughs> uh, but at the moment, uh, I'm 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 still enjoying watching that. I think that's about what I'm watching at the moment, really.
1: Hmm. So some good choices there for people to. Think about just,
0: just a few a weird a weird selection of what I'm watching. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to Supernatural coming back. Um, it's on its twelfth season, believe it or not. And weirdly, season eleven was some of their best work in some in some cases. And how many shows can say that after eleven years?
0: It's, it's very tough. I mean, it's, it's one of those 11 shows. Eleven seasons of anything.
1: Yeah, it's one of those shows that even if it was unwatchably terrible at this point. I couldn't abandon it, because that would be me admitting that over a decade of my life has been wasted on something. So, I will continue to watch it. And
0: so much time in this. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want my payoff at the end of it. I be, yeah. like, be like me in 12 years with Mr. Robot. I'm still watching <laughs> it. I'm still wanting answers. Still watching season 2. What's going
1: on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to that coming back. I watched The Big Bang Theory, but it's more a habit thing when something else is happening, because I don't actually enjoy it anymore Um, there's another sitcom that started that um, I think is actually okay, it's called The Good Place it has Kristen Bell in it and basically she gets into heaven that's why The Good Place Um, because some clerical error gets her there where they think she's some kind of amazing person that's done all this good for people and it turns out she's not, she's not a very nice person at all so the premise is she's trying to learn how to be a nice person. And to be fair, it's not that funny. Uh, but I think Kristen Bell is great at dropping comedy lines. I think, you know, she's when she has to come across as being this awful person, I think she nails it. I've always liked her, and that's why I'm watching it, to be honest. Um, what else am I watching? Uh, it won't be back until next year, but iZombie, which is brilliant. Uh, it's made by the same people as Veronica Mars, Dialogues. Uh, very snappy it's um very funny the stories are good the characters are good everything about it's just good and uh the 100 next year is coming back again which i quite like it's a lot darker than any other cw show i've seen which is normally
0: something that i count against it but it's it's really enjoyable uh, it's picked up as well that one okay. for me the the 100 I, I wasn't i wasn't too sure of it at the end of the first series and then it's it's really picked up for me
1: characters are good the situation's good it's just compelling viewing um there's a couple of new shows i'm interested in there's one called frequency uh which is a sci-fi show again on the cw westworld that's on soon Uh, that looks vaguely interesting so yeah there's more tv than i can cover um which (laughs) is why i've recruited new writers uh at least one hopefully two to cover a couple of things for me
0: so um Unfortunately, I can't spell, so I can't help you out with that.
1: <laughs> As we learned at a Star Wars-themed
0: pub quiz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I definitely can't spell.
1: <laughs> uh, so if anybody listening is interested in writing for the website, then get in touch, and we'll see.
0: What's your email address, Craig? <laughs>
1: uh, email me at craig at uk, or just leave a message in the comments section with your thing, and I'll find you. Who knows? Um, I can't think of any other TV shows that I'm watching because... I watch enough. Uh, oh, Star Wars Rebels, that's back. That's good fun.
0: Uh, it's enjoyable. And we're getting new Star Trek at some point as well.
1: Yes, in May now. Yeah, It was supposed to debut in January, but it turns out they've done no work on it. So uh, it's, it's May now, which suits me, to be honest, because that's when all the TV shows that I review start to wind down, so I don't have to make time for it. It'll just be there when everything's finishing. So that'll be nice new start so mu- that'll be so cool. much to work on. <laughs> yeah. So much to do, so little time. So if anybody wants to pay me for this, please do. Again another shameless plug in the, the during the podcast.
0: You can have your name here. Yes, your name right yeah. now in this podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, I will edit your name in if you contact me with money. <laughs>
0: your name in this place right here.
1: <laughs> so, I think we've Beating the whole TV show thing with a stick, and we should probably wrap up because that's been a very, very long conversation.
0: I agree. <laughs> a good conversation.
1: <laughs> we've covered two DC universes, the Marvel universe, and some other stuff,
0: and a bit, of, and a bit of everything else.
1: Yeah, I'll probably split this into two parts, two easily digestible chunks,
0: bite-sized pieces, bite-sized pieces.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Thank you again for joining me on the second of perhaps many podcasts. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me on. No problem. And any listeners, I reiterate, who want to write for the site, get in touch. Always looking for new voices. So I will bid thee goodnight. Good day day and good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, if there is one. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. So,
1: that's it for our TV discussion. Links to information on all the shows we discussed, as well as reviews, can be found in the show notes. Once again, thanks to nstens 1117 for the supplied music, and if you like what you heard, then please do subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app. We'll catch you on the next Meal Before Clock.